And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 119, uh, coming at you, as always. <laughs> as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MD. And since we're doing the show, uh, it's still live, uh, even though it's not broadcast live, we do have the call-in numbers for you if you want to give us a call. Uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301, uh, get those off our website. That way, when you get the notification that we're going live, uh, it won't matter that I'm saying it on air or write it down or do something uh, so you know uh, to call in, like our good friend, was it Cosmo? Curmudgeon? All right. Anyway, so what's going on with you this week, MC? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm going to uh, sponsor. It's ridiculous, but I'm going to sponsor Monero with my car by painting it. <laughs> in the Monero, in the Monero colors, um, yeah, that's about it. So, so the nice bright orange. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly line up with my plans of going dark. It's and, it's uh, definitely going to like attract attention. I mean, yes. Like I I know for me I had the the bright red car at one point, not sponsored by anything. I just wanted the red car, and then I plastered a whole bunch of anti-state sticker bumper stickers on it. And man, oh man, that attracts the cops like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so all I will say is this. If you're going to be driving around in like the bright red car or the bright orange uh, Monero mobile, can I say that Monero mobile, uh, just, you know, keep it safe out there. Because <laughs> it's definitely going to, it's going to be an attention grabber. Uh, and, and if the cop like, you know, if, if you get the cop's attention, they're going to look for all the other things that they can bust you for. Yeah. And I know, you know, uh, from the cops are probably just going to end up keeping it. Yeah. The, you, you'll get one of those uh, Facebook posts on their site. Uh, 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 was it impounded, compounded, whatever from from, you know, local marijuana grower. I don't know what the hell that noise is. Something's going on in the background. My bad. I know for me, uh, this past week, I helped a, a buddy of mine move. And it's it's an it's an unfortunate situation that he had to move, uh, but necessary. And I know I was going to, you know, I went to my mom. He's like, hey, dude, if you got like a truck or something, and I don't own a car. Uh, I just drive other people's. Um, so I, I asked my mom if I could b borrow, uh, one of their, like, you know, SUVs or my stepdad's pickup truck. Cause he's got a big ass F three fifty um, that you can haul a lot of stuff in. And she's like, well, you know, take my car because, uh, dad's isn't safety inspected yet. I was like, ah, you know, cause it, you, 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 man, son of a bitch. Sorry for me. Um, it, it's like one of two things, right? Like you either have to. Uh, abide by the rules of the car or abide by the rules of of the person um, in order to like be as safe as you can out on the road um, having a combination of like not abiding by either uh, makes it especially dangerous right so I, I don't have a driver's license um, so I, I cannot drive an illegal car right but I can drive a legal car uh, because as, as long as I'm not doing anything outrageous and stupid, they have no reason to, to find out that I don't have the license. Um, subsequently, before, I used to have the license, um, but I drove the illegal car. And then, you know, then you just do what you can to, to avoid it. And if you get pulled over, then, you know, I never paid the fines because it was always a, a, a matter of principle for me. Um, but, yeah, she was like, you know, he, he was supposed to go down and get the safety. And here's the stupid thing about the safety inspection, right? It's... It's, it's a one-time thing, right? It's not that your car is guaranteed safe uh, for, the, for, you know, for the duration of the year before you have to renew it. All they're really saying is like, at this point in time, it was safe. And, you know, he didn't get, he's got the bigger truck, so he didn't go down and, and get the safety inspection yet. Um, but we've also got like a friend who's a mechanic and, you know, does the safe, quote unquote, does the safety inspection, right? He can get the little sticker for you um, for a price, of course. Uh, and I was, and I was like, I think that's so stupid. Um, number one, that the safety inspection is required because it doesn't really do anything. Um, and in my experience, uh, when I, you know, I was, you know, going through the safety inspections with cars, uh, th the inspection itself made my car less safe, 
right? Did I ever tell you the story, MC, when I had to like to kick off the mirror of my car? <laughs> All right, go for it. Okay, I, I never told you this. Okay, so this is when this is like the tail end of when I was like, you know, screw these guys. Um, so I, I went down one year, and I had uh, it was my car. This is completely my car at the time, um, and the 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 mirror, the right hand, the passenger side mirror was broken. Um, it functioned as a mirror, right? But it, it didn't stay in place, right? So I had to like, I, I had like duct tape on it to hold it where it was supposed to be so that I could see out of that side, right? Like, you know, and I had the, the little blind spot dot and everything. And I took it down, you know, to, to get the safety inspection. And the guy said, uh, you can't have tape on the mirror. I go, well, if I take the tape off, then it doesn't work as a mirror. Like right now it's perfectly fine. It was Sorry, you can't have tape on the mirror, you know. I go, what What am I supposed to do then? Like, this is a safety inspection, right? If the car is supposed to be safe, that mirror works as a mirror. If I take the tape off, it doesn't work, you know. He goes, well, you can have no mirror, and I can pass you. I went, really? Like, nothing there is safe, according to the state. But the minute I put a working mirror on there and tape it in place, right, the car is now unsafe to drive, and he kind of like, yep, that's how it is. And so right in front of him, I kicked the mirror off. I just booted it. I had two good working legs at the time and a powerful kick. So I just booted the mirror right off and just like, pew, you know, right into the, the parking area. And then I looked at him and shrugged him like, now what? And he was like, passed. You know, <laughs> I was like, all right, so this is, this is how stupid the safety, this, you know, this is like, you know, the, the uh, icing on the cake, the cherry on top. Right. This is how stupid the safety inspection is like that. That act was the difference between being legal and being illegal on the road. Right. Like not having a mirror perfectly fine, having a working mirror with a little bit of tape on it. No good. And so I, you know, I drove around like that for a year. Safety inspection. Good to go. Uh, And then the next year I went back to the same guy. And then he's like he looked at that side. He goes, you got to have a mirror on here. I went, do you remember me? He goes, I don't remember. I was like, lots of customers. I'm like, I'm the dude that just about a year ago kicked this motherfucker off in your parking lot because you told me, you know, that I, I would, wouldn't be able to pass unless the mirror came off. He's like, well, the state changes the rules every year, so I don't know. I'd have to look into it and blah, blah, blah. And that was the end of it. That's I didn't even go back. I didn't bother fixing it. I didn't go back. That was the last time I had a safety inspection uh, you know, on, on my vehicle from the state that was, you know, valid, right? I, I, it, it's, it's so much nonsense and so much BS that I just chose at the time not to deal with it. Um, and even the car I drive now, right? Like, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, registered to my stepdad, uh, but I drive and I've driven it for, man, probably almost four years now, just cruising around in it. Um, but I, I, I told them before, you know, if you ever, if, if, if you want the car back, right, I have my moped and I'm cool. Like, I'll just ride the moped. I drive the car mostly because you want me to be safe and, you know, you used to drive the car. Like, take, don't ride the moped everywhere. Take my car. So that's why I do it. But I will never, you know, take it in for a registration. I will never take it in for a safety inspection. I will never do any of these, like, you know, state-sponsored things with it. So... At any time you need the car back to go do these things, you let me know. And if at any time you no longer want to do it and you just want the car back, you let me know, right? And so, so far they've been good about like keeping that car legal. Um, but the last time uh, I took it in, I don't know what this is with, with me and car mirrors. Um, but the last time they took it in, like I didn't have the rear view mirror attached. Um, and even in the car that I kicked the side mirror off, the rear view mirror would fall off every now and again. And so I didn't have one of those up there either. Cause like, no matter what glue I used, it just wouldn't stay on. Um, so they're like, well, why didn't you tell us, you know, that it wouldn't pass. I'm like, cause I don't know these things. Like I don't, I don't use the mirror. I don't need the mirror. It's just, you know, I've driven so long without it that I just, I don't use it. You know, it's not something that I need to, 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 to maneuver this vehicle around town. Um, and she's like, where is the mirror? You know, like it's on the back seat. It's on the floor in the back seat. <laughs> I just left it there. You know, I pulled all the wires. I took it off and that, that was the end of the mirror. Um, 
but yeah, so I don't, I don't go through, I don't go through that process. And I told him before, um, you know, again, if, if at any point, like you decide you don't want it and you sign the car over to me because, Hey, you just giving me a car. That's the last time that this car will ever be legal. Right. I will, I will then double the risk and drive an illegal car illegally. Um, you know, because I'm, I just, I just don't deal with it. Even the moped, right? We talked about the moped before with the, with the new rules and regulations for that. And I'm not doing any of that nonsense either. MC with your Monero mobile. (laughs) Awesome. I say, put, I say, put a fake license plate on it or a custom made license plate on it and just drive it. Right. That'll be like, it'll be the protest car. And if I could ever get my other car working again, like I know we, we talked before, you said, you know, if you ever needed like a ticket to jail, uh, MC, you know, like, um, you know, local Bitcoin was the way to go. And I've got, you know, a, a bust up bomber of a car uh, sitting outside that, you know, if I ever need a ticket to jail, I'm just going to start driving that thing again. <laughs> my, uh, we, we got some uh, like a, a mechanic pays cash or gets paid in cash to fix it, to, to get the engine running. I go, so I can drive it? He goes, well the engine runs i'm like so what is that and what does that mean he's like the engine runs uh, but you don't have any electrical you don't have any lights you don't have any of this you don't have any of that it's just a bomber of a car i'm like well what am i supposed to do and it, and you know and i i want to drive it because this, this is the that's the, the the bright red car that you know uh, had all the stickers on it it's like you know, if, if I, I wonder if I put that thing back on the street, if it would get any recognition, um, for how much, uh, how much trouble, uh, you know, I gave the cops over it before, right? Cause every, every time they pulled me over, I'd hassle them as much as they'd hassle me and then show up in court and draw all that out and then not pay and, you know, be on my merry way. Um, on my first MR2 I ever bought when I was in high school, I had a sunroof that was all cracked. So when I took it in for the inspection, he said, well, you know, I, I, I passed the, the custom exhaust that I shouldn't have, but um, I can't pass your car because it has this cracked sunroof. And I told him, well, you, you could have taken the sunroof out and then passed it, and then then I could put it in later when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I, guess, yeah, I, guess I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I had to get, you know, inspection done twice. Which in Missouri, I guess, costs cost twice. Um, in Hawaii, at least, you only have to pay once. And then the next time you get it checked again, they just they pass it. Um, but yeah, just bizarre, bizarre things. Yeah. <laughs> Even my dad used to have trouble with one of his old cars because, like, the window didn't go up and down. Uh, so he's, I'm like, so what? It's so like, God, they wouldn't pass me. Like, so what did you end up doing? He's like, well, I took it to them. I, you know, it, it wouldn't roll up and down. So I took it to them and I showed them that it was up and then I left and then I rolled it down and like slid it down with my hand and then I came back to them, you know, I said, look, it's down now, you know, so, so they, they've seen it in the up position. They've seen it in the down position <laughs> and then they passed him for that too. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like all, all, you know, I'm sure everyone has a similar story of this nonsense. Um, and it just, it just goes to show that it's, you know, it, it's safety theater, just like it's security theater. It's safety theater. It doesn't matter. Right. Like a big one for me, was always like, you know, the windshield wipers, like the, the rule for the windshield wipers is that it has to wipe the window completely clear, uh, in five passes or less. You know, if it, if it smears it on the fifth pass, you know, and, and there's like a streak of water, uh, and then too bad, so sad. You got to get new windshield wipers. Right. So I was like, well, okay. So sell me the windshield wipers. I'll install them and then you pass it and then I'll just return the windshield wipers. Right. Like just, you put them back. It's only been used like for, for five passes. It's not, you know, dead. It's well within the return policy. And then you just put the old stuff back on. Right. Like even, even, even the moped thing that I, that we're, we're, you know, is going to be an issue soon. Right. I talked to one of the guys at the shop and like, so what are you going to do? He's like, well, I've got two kits, right? I've got the souped up engine mount uh, and I've got the stock engine mount. 
So I'm just going to, when, when I take mine and when he takes his personal one in, he's like, I'm just going to take off the, the souped up mount, uh, put the stock mount on, get everything passed and then take it home and swap it right back out again. Right. And it's, it's a few hours of labor on his part to do all that, but it's, it, you know, what the rules and what the safety inspections are trying to do, uh, doesn't actually like accomplish its goal. Because there's so many ways around it, so many loopholes to get through, so many, you know, like I said, it's it's a one-time thing. It's just like, at this moment in time, right, your car was, uh, or vehicle, or moped, or whatever, uh, was, was you know, safety inspected, uh, you know, to, to, to pass inspection and, and to be legal, right? But five minutes later, you put it all back to the way it was, you know, when, when it was cheap and just right for you. Um, and on your way you go. And every time they look at your safety sticker, they're like, oh, no, he passed inspection. He's like, he's got it dead at that point in time. He had it. So it's, it's so stupid. Um, I can't reiterate that enough and to go through it, you know, for, <laughs> for UMC with the Monero mobile, um, you know, I know it's necessary, right? I know, you know, it's, it's, uh, not a, not a battle many people take on. Uh, with the state, but it's always been, you know, I like to drive. So it's always been one of my fun times with law enforcement. Anything else going on? Oh, not really. All right. I want to cover a few things that because we got into all the crypto stuff, um, I just didn't get to, right. And it never circled around or segued nicely into, um, into, uh, other things going on for me. So I've got a buddy on Facebook actual real real life friend uh, who moved away to Virginia um, I think last year or the year before that I don't remember it's been a while um, and you know he's he's uh, he's turned right I think I told you about him he was like I, he was a communist when I met him and then I got him turned on to like uh, Rothbard and Mises and he got the the uh, anarcho-capitalist tattoo on his arm and then he turned fascist and when he turned fascist, he covered up the tattoo. So it's now it's like a weird looking circle triangle uh, with a curve on the bottom thing on his arm that makes no sense whatsoever because he just colored in the A, the circle A, and the dollar sign. Um, and so he's like, he's getting into a whole bunch of crap in Virginia because he's like, uh, he's now gone from fascist for the most part uh, to to alt-right fascist-ish type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, every, every time I look on Facebook or I talk to him on Messenger or whatever, he's, like, you know, bitching about uh, how he's been banned from this bar for getting into altercations with, uh, you know, leftist protesters. And, and good on him, right? You know, um, you know, we went to, the, like, the little Donald Trump protest MC. Uh, me and this dude went to the, uh, oh, what was it? The Pacific, the APAC convention when it was here in Hawaii. Uh, and we, we carried around the, the don't tread on me flag and we carried around the black flag and, you know, decked out full and weren't talking to cops and we got followed around everywhere. So this, this is not new hat to him or me to like, you know, to go to these types of things. Um, so good on him. And that's not exactly what I wanted to, to talk about because, you know, the left first right thing is whatever, but he was like, you know, rich, come over to the dark side and, you know, join us. I'm like, Nope, not going to happen. Man of principle. Uh, that's what I like to, to be. Um, but one thing that he did say that he was getting into over there, uh, along with you know his newfound love for guns, since you can carry in Virginia, um, is ham radio operation. Uh, are, are you familiar at all with ham radios, MC? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so one of the comments that he made is like, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, if you're going to operate that, you know, did you, you know, now that you're a lover of law enforcement, the military, and the state, you fascist, you know, mother. Uh, you know, you got your little, uh, ham license, like you, you license ham operator. You got your permission slip from the state to go ahead and, and play with your radio. He's like, no, not yet. And he's like, I'm like, well, what do you do then? He's like, I just listen. Like right now I just listen to, to other people, you know, on the ham stations and, you know, he involves himself that way as a spectator. And one of the comments that he made that, you know, was like, the 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 anti-state anarchist roots i guess he goes it's amazing how that i'm sitting here at this radio and if i sit there and do nothing right perfectly legal but the minute i push this button right it becomes a becomes a federal offense 
right? Like that, the, just, just like the car, like that's the difference, right? Like you sit there, everything's cool. You push the button, federal crime, right? Like that, that's how, that's how stupid, uh, the state laws with, with, uh, ham radio operations are. And it's, and if it weren't for that requirement and for that nonsense, like I might get into that too, because I like, I like the idea of that sort of thing. Like I wanted to put a CB in, in that bomber of a car. I wanted to put a CB radio in, um, just because it's like old tech, right? You know, not, not necessarily like retro or nostalgic, but just old tech that I think, you know, in, in situations that he gets himself into, um, and that, you know, we, we were likely going to get ourselves into here, um, at one point, uh, those types of technologies, I don't think are monitored as much by law enforcement anymore who have moved on to, you know, like cell towers, you know, and sniping your phones and, uh, you know, uh, monitoring you online or on the internet and what your social media is doing. Like, I don't think they're monitoring the channels on the CB radio. So if you, if you're going to do some like nefarious anti-state dastardly deeds, uh, or against leftists, you know, whatever, whatever your, whatever your cup of tea is at this point, uh, you know, that type of technology to me would have been something valuable, uh, to, to coordinate things because I just don't, I, I have no evidence of this, but I can't imagine there being a lot of, of effort, uh, and resources put into monitoring CB channels or, you know, shortwave radios or anything like that, or ham radios. Uh, you know, if you can get on, you know, uh, uh, an unoccupied channel and, you know, plan things out your thoughts. Um, on ham radios or old tech in general yeah they could be definitely useful someday maybe or even walkie talkies right if you can you know if you can find like the private channel on the on the walkie talkie like we did that we used the walkie talkies um, during a move because we were going to go through like an area with that we weren't sure of like the cell service so like, well, if you're in car A and I'm in car B and we need to like communicate and coordinate, we can't really like call each other on the cell phone because there might not be any service in this area. And so walkie talkies was still like, you know, useful. I don't know. I just like old tech and not for, again, not for nostalgic reasons or anything like that. All right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, last week, um, Maybe you've seen it on the news locally, MC. Um, my schedule at uh, the restaurant I work at got all foobarred. Like they just, everything got, you know, tossed to hell and I got some extra days off and some weird shifts and some odd hours. Why? Because the former president, Barack Hussein Obama, was dining in our facility. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> And they wouldn't say anything either. They just said, like, you know, we have we have these VIP guests coming in, um, you know, whatever. And so we were like, the, our head chef was preparing, like, a whole brand new menu. I'm like, wow, that's really VIP. And then at one point he said, um, he was like, he like pulled, he gathered us all, got all our attentions as we were cooking and prepping and stuff. He goes, if anything gets fucked up tomorrow, I'm going to quit this restaurant. Like, Wow, that's intense, right? Like he was willing, he, if anything went wrong for this particular dinner service, he was going to quit his job. Uh, and so I went to the owner and I was like, so how VIP is this VIP? Because chef just said he was going to quit, you know, <laughs> if anything if anything goes wrong. Um, and, and the owner was like, uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss yet. I'm like, wow, so that's, that's like, you know, that's, that's VIP of VIP. Um, and I thought I, my original thought was like some Japanese ambassador or something because, you know, it was, it, you know, we were, we're a Japanese restaurant, um, and they were late. They, they had like no service. Like it's going to be so much more important if we serve them ourselves, right? Like only management, only management and a skeleton kitchen staff was going to be working that night. I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's VIP VIP, you know? Um, and then found out that it was, uh, just, uh, Obama. And I was like, oh, that's stupid. You know, that you, you screwed up my schedule for this nonsense. Um, and then, and I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, good thing I didn't work, you know, that night. Cause that, that would have, that's the, it probably would have been better 
for the restaurant if I was cooking. Um, because apparently like, uh, some of the kitchen staff that was cooking got so nervous over the thought yeah. of like, cooking for Obama, yeah, uh, exactly. that, that they couldn't, <laughs> that they, 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 they folded under the pressure. Uh, and they, I was told like that our head chef basically had to cook everything. Like every, every dish was like, he had to had his hands on it. Cause everyone else was yeah. like too nervous. I was like, man, I would have been the perfect person. Cause I, I care so little <laughs> yeah, about that <laughs> that I that I could just do it. Number one, but then the temptation to do more, <laughs> right? Put a little extra secret sauce in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a, just a smidge of something, to, you know. Just, you know, just a smidge of something else uh, would have been like, you know, like man, I'm a patriot. Um, then I was thinking, you know, I, I, I was thinking afterwards, I was like, man, if I was there, like if I got to talk to him, you know, what would I say? And I was thinking about, it, I was like, I would probably ask him if he's ever heard of the Mises Institute. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the reason I would do it was because I'm sure he would deny it. Right. I'm sure he would say, no, I've never heard of that. And I, yeah. and, I'm a, and then I could immediately call him a liar. Right, because I know you've already asked him that MC, and you've already put it in his head. So I'm like, really? Because my buddy told you about this thing like years ago while you were hiking up Cocoa Head. You didn't take the time, <laughs> and I thought that would have been a pretty funny conversation too. Yeah, I'd also be like unemployed and looking for a new job for like, you know, taking the opportunity to to have a real conversation. Yeah, uh, with but it's just to me, it's it's like. Uh, you know, people are so so brainwashed to uh, to like re- respect this this power and authority. Yes. So I, I had a I had a chance to to meet um, George Bush Jr. and uh, when when I was in the Air Force, and this was before I knew anything about anything. And I, but still, I I, I turned it down. I was like, what? You know, why do I want to meet that guy? I mean, I don't, I don't really care. Just. It's like not my thing. I just, you know, I'll pass. And people were really surprised by that, but I was just like, you know, whatever, you know. If somebody else really wants to see him, you know, just go. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and and yeah, again, it would it wouldn't have been anything important. You know, it's it's important to everybody else. Yes. It's important to like you know. the the bootlickers and, you know, the 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 stadies out there. And I was thinking, like, you know, what could the new tagline for our restaurant be? It's like, you know, now serving war criminals. <laughs> yeah. And a whole bunch of stuff like, you know, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff like that went through my head. And then, you know, the, then it was like in the local paper and in the local news. So, you know, when, when my coworker first told me, he's like, oh, it was Obama. I was like, oh, man, you know, like, where's my plate of food then? Right. Like if, you know, cause one of the things that the boss told us ahead of time was like, these people, money is no object. Right. I'm like, well, fuck, cook the same menu, charge them double. <laughs> you know, if, if that's, <laughs> if that's all it is, right. If, if, if you, if, if they're willing to pay more, you know, clearly it's not, you know, quality or whatever. It's just, they're willing to pay. And then I was like, well, now, now that I know, you know, who it was, of course, money is no object. Cause it's not their money that they're spending. Right. It, it's what I. <laughs> It's our money that they're spending, and if they're spending our money, fucking, I want some of that food too, right? I, I, I didn't work that night. I don't know what the secret menu was. You know, I, I just, remember, I remember they were like they were preparing something, and it looked nasty. Um, and I said, uh, you know, what is that? And they said like tofu steak. <laughs> and, and my, and my first reaction was, get that abomination out of here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's not even a thing. <laughs> tofu tofu steak is not a thing. <laughs> that's an abomination of food. That's an oxymoron. You cannot have tofu steak. <laughs> but I, I said that quietly to like one of the servers that we were talking with and he he laughed. He thought it was funny. And then like well, you if, know, if Obama eats tofu a lot, it explains a lot. It messes with your estrogen levels and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they, there are some people that say Michelle is the man in that family. So, who knows? <laughs> remember Larry? Oh, no. Wasn't Larry one of those guys that eats tofu a lot? Or? No, no, that that was that was uh, the conspiracy theorist that uh, Michelle Obama's a, a transsexual, and that the kids oh. are adopted. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really 
follow that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. I just I thought we knew somebody who was like big into that. I thought it was Larry. I guess I, not. I just remember the the face on uh, Michelle Obama as she was coming down Coca Head and and nobody wanted to talk to her and she seemed upset. <laughs> those damn nutritional standards for the schools. Everybody wanted to shake Obama's hand. And they just let her walk by. <laughs> nice. She's probably got a firmer like in, handshake anyway. Like in in Hawaii, where everybody you know supposedly is supposed to love, you know, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, um, and people just let her go by. <laughs> so weird, you know. <laughs> Maybe they didn't recognize her. No, I'm I'm sure they did. I'm sure. I'm sure. They just don't care. No, Hurry up, lady. It, Hurry up, lady. We're well, trying to get to the president. It, it could be because Obama came down first, and they were kind of shell-shocked, and then by the time they saw her, they were just like, uh, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't Poor know. It lady. could be that, but I don't know. She she gave everybody the stink eye because nobody would you know, <laughs> reach out to her. <laughs> oh, you just give her a high five. Up top, lady. Up top, first lady. The other thing was they said that uh, someone mentioned it that said, like, you know, he, he liked the food and they, you know, were thinking about coming back. And then our chef got a little, like, you know, flustered on that, too. It's like, oh, man, so stressed. Got to do it again. So if they if they ever do that again, if they ever do that again, we're like, uh, we can't say who it is. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag on Facebook and say that it might be the president based on last time. <laughs> He'll never and be the, back there again. <laughs> you're probably right. You're you're just, probably just, right. Just, just for that reason, I mean, yeah, the the whole thing has to be a big, you know, secret secret. But uh. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I I it crossed my mind that it was like a political figure, but like I said, I I, I immediately went to uh, you know, like you know Japanese national type of thing because they you know we have a server that left uh, the restaurant like a couple of months ago. Um, and they were like bringing her back for, for one night only. I was like, well, hmm. what's wrong with the staff we got? Right. Well, well, she speaks Japanese, right? Like, you know, the, the other staffs, you know, like, uh, a white chick and a couple of like Korean girls. And I don't know if they speak, you know, fluent Japanese, but this one did, right. She was like, you know, a Japanese national from Japan type of thing. So I was like, well, well they, just, if, they probably just wanted to, to look more authentic, you know, Japanese restaurant, you got to have somebody that speaks Japanese. Well, yeah, but you know, but I, I, it's also not necessary, right? You know, to, to, I, I see what you're talking about on a, by appearance. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, but but I I, I went with you know the, that she speaks it, and we, if she speaks Japanese, then maybe they need like maybe their customers are going to be Japanese, because sometimes Japanese customers will come in, and that you know one of the bosses will have to go talk to them, um, and yeah. serve them directly because the 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 staff doesn't speak Japanese fluently. At least most right. of them don't. Well, maybe um, he brought some some Japanese, you know, friend with him. I don't know. I don't know either because I wasn't there. I was I was right. not invited. But next time, letting the cat out of the bag. So you you'll, maybe I'm gonna speak Japanese. I don't know. That would be impressive. <laughs> I don't follow him that closely. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got one server in the back that's like a Chinese national, so he speaks Chinese. He's been in Hawaii or in the United States for like 20 years, but still barely speaks English. Like no one can understand. There's a huge language barrier. So everyone's, and our, and our head chef's a Japanese national who's good enough at English now, right? Like when I first started, he was still practicing and that was like two years ago. So his, his English has improved uh, uh, exponentially since when I first started. Um, so he's like, you got a Japanese chef communicating with a Chinese server in English Right, and then one of the items on the menu is uh, jalapenos, right? So, so, so now it's in Spanish, <laughs> and the, this, the <laughs> and the server couldn't get it, right? I'm like, man, now he's got to learn like four languages: Chinese, Japanese, English, and fucking Mexican or or Spanish, you know, to to get the order right. <laughs> it was funny. It was one of those things like he. He's like, he, he's an older Chinese dude. So I'm like, he doesn't even care to learn at this point. Like, I don't even bother. Like, you, you, he says what he thinks it is. And then you tell him how it's actually supposed to be pronounced. And then he nods his head and then says exactly what he said the first time as if it somehow became right. And it, it, it never works. 
And then eventually he picks up on it and I'm like, oh yeah, good. And then we when then we call it the wrong thing just to tease him. Um, but I digress. Uh, anything else, MC? Uh, uh, Obama. That's all I had. Those two things. If not, we can jump into into articles and headlines. Yeah, sounds like fun. All right, here we go. Headline. Oh, this one's gonna be fun. Oh, oh. Headline: uh, Anarcho-capitalist a threat within the libertarian movement. Uh, headline: Government medicine. Court declares child should die rather than receive privately funded health care. Uh, headline: Jap- Japan's yakuza wants to go legit with private army business. Uh, headline: Why Congress should not ban cat and dog meat. And finally, headline: We now have proof. Higher minimum wages hurt the poor. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Um, well, I want to, I guess, talk about something else first. And then oh, okay, go for get, it. Get into the, the government medicine one. Um, so I, I had a short discussion on, on Facebook with, with a gentleman from the UK that says, you know, he, he says that, uh, that it's ridiculous that, that you, people in the U.S. have a right to carry a gun. And uh, because, of course, of all the all the murders, like so many people are getting murdered. And I think in 2014, it was like 8,200 or something. I don't, I don't know what the current stats are. But um, I said to him, like, you know, guns aren't the biggest problem in, in the U.S. Um, and I think, you know, if you're talking about amount of people dying from things, I said our current health care system is is horrible. And especially with the opiate epidemic that's starting but um i think the the last one that i read was about 2010 and they said between 100,000 and 180,000 people die unnecessarily in u.s hospitals so that's that's you know 10 times as many as people get killed by firearms and and he was just you know for sure that guns were the worst problem in the u.s and I'm sure they're absolutely not. <laughs> right. I'm not f- afraid to walk around. I mean, there's there's certain cities, and that's what I told them, like certain like Democrat strongholds, like like Chicago. Um, I'm you know I might want to have a gun there just for self defense. Um, oh, guarantee uh, if you're going around Chicago. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel safe, you know, just walking around. You know, maybe in a car, but yeah, you know, just there's certain places like. Like this, the way I say it is, is just it's it's pretty easy to avoid um, getting shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, I mean. In most um, places. Yeah, and and there's a variety of other reasons why just you know being around you know, firearms can you know increase your chances of getting shot. Um, but for the most part, the average person is pretty safe in their home, you know, at the moment. More more likely to be uh, shot by police than than the random person, uh, you know, that has a gun in your home. Um, yes. So, and that's, and this is, but it's the same thing. Like I'm not going to get bit by a shark cause I don't swim around in the water. You know, like <laughs> there's, there's ways to avoid it is what I'm saying. Um, I'm with you. So anyway, the health services are, are terrible. Um, it's, it's one of my pet peeves because, uh, I have cancer and I'm, I'm treating it myself and some of the things that I would like to do, um, I, I would be best served by going to Mexico. There's, there's actually a city in Mexico that they call Molar City because uh, they, they do dental work for $35. Nice. Um, and, and even, even in the U S like I go to the dentist and, and, and my, my dentist is pretty cool. Um, he he'll, he'll ask you, you know, oh, do, you know, do you have insurance? You know, do you want the insurance price or the or the free market price? And I'm like, oh, I don't have insurance right now. I don't, you know, I actually even when I had insurance, I told him I didn't have it. And he's like, oh, okay, it's fifty bucks. All right, fifty bucks. Here, here you go. Like, I'd still me, take the, makes, I, if he gives you a choice. I'd still take. The, I'll, I'll take the insurance price. Oh, do you have insurance? No, but I'll I'll take that price. No, the insurance price is higher. Oh, really? They bill, but they bill your insurance company. What's what I'm saying? Right, I, I want I want my out of pocket, you know, based on the insurance price, not the, right, yeah. And so the reason I didn't is just because I didn't feel like doing all the paperwork. So it actually made it easier for me. But um, but yeah, I could, I you know, I could have got that one one dentist visit 
for, you know, a little bit cheaper out of pocket, but causes everybody else to do a lot more paperwork and stuff. So, um, but I think if everybody was paying cash, it would probably the price would probably come down, you know, because cash is cool. But um, yeah. So that, that's really frustrating to me that the health health services and and so now we got this article about a child that could could live has has enough money. This this you know this kid's pretty rich because of all the donations he's gotten, uh, you know, to stay alive. And and now the the socialized government medicine system says uh no this kid isn't worth saving so i guess get into it all right so let's read through the article and then we can get more of your comments mc uh reading into it government medicine court declares child should die rather than receive privately funded health care in a government controlled health care system the state determines who can receive treatment and when this has long been admitted but what is less often discussed is that once a patient finds himself within a state-run health care facility the state may deny him treatment, even if privately funded. This was recently illustrated when Charlie Gard, a small child suffering from mitochondrial depletion syndrome, was denied privately funded treatment planned by his parents. According to the BBC, Chris Gard and Connie Yates lost their final legal bid to take their son to the U.S. for treatment. Specialists at Great Ormond Street Hospital believe Charlie has no chance of survival. European court judges have now concluded it was most likely Charlie was being exposed to continued pain, suffering, and distress, and undergoing experimental treatment with no prospect of success would offer no benefit. They said the application presented by the parents was inadmissible and said the court's decision was final. The court also considered that it was appropriate to lift the interim measure, which had required doctors to continue providing life support treatment to Charlie. BBC health correspondent Fergus Walsh said it was likely Charlie's life support machine will be turned off within a few days following discussions between the hospital and his family. In other words, the court declared that the child should die rather than allow his parents to pursue privately funded medical care in the United States. Often when we see cases like this, it is the case of different family members arguing over treatment. This was the case in the Terry Shavo case where Shavo was refused life-saving medical care according to the wishes of one family member but against the wishes of other family members. In the Charlie Gard case, both parents are in agreement in wishing to pursue treatment in the U.S., but it appears that the state is acting on its own initiative here and demanding the child be left to die because some government-employed doctor, none of whom are related to the child, wish it. Nor do the parents seek to continue using any of the hospital's tax-funded services. They merely wish to pursue treatment elsewhere. The state says no. Uh, Justin Murray reported on the case in April and noted a major feature of the free market private charity kicked in wonderfully within a month of denial and discovery of the treatment. Charlie's parents managed to raise the entire amount to pay for the treatment and trip to the United States in a normal world. This would have been the end of the story. Charlie would have gone to the United States, received his treatment, and we would have discovered if he if his already dire situation could have been mitigated or treatment failed. But the NHS, uh, the British National Health Service, decided, for whatever reason, to interfere with this process. When Charlie's parents attempted to withdraw him from this, from this treatment, uh, Great Ormond Street, a child's hospital in Greater London run by the NHS, rushed to the British High Court to block his parents from doing so. As government courts systems are wont to do, they sided with themselves and denied the parents' wishes for further private treatment and gave an official court order that Charlie is to be, be removed from life support and left to die. This was a no-lose situation for Charlie and his family. If the treatment fails, the end result is the same and the parents can at least have closure that they tried everything possible. If the treatment is a success, he can live enough years to be able to learn what his parents look like, interact with them, and be able to experience some joy in life. One can wonder, cynically, if the court system ordered his death to avoid risking embarrassing the NHS should the treatment they denied actually work. Unlike the usual defects of public medical care when, the, when resources are politically allocated, leading to critical shortages per, for perfectly preventable diseases, such as the case of Laura Hiller in Canada, all the while claiming that medical care in the free market would be provided on a cutthroat system that denies poor care, uh, Charlie's denies the poor care. Sorry. Charlie's case shatters this self-proclaimed image. Here we have the elements of free market working as expected, but with the government actively and openly doing everything it can uh, to interfere with it. 
The British NHS isn't alone in making war on experimental treatments either. The U.S. government, via the FDA for years, has blocked use of various experimental treatments and technologies for extremely ill patients who quite reasonably conclude that they have little to lose from using potentially dangerous treatments. In response, some states have even taken localized action, as in the case of Louisiana's Right to Try law. Uh, provided the treatments are privately funded, state law guarantees residents may use experimental, non-FDA-approved treatment under certain, certain circumstances. Insurance companies are not required to cover said treatments. Uh, obviously, the, this more tolerant and rational philosophy has escaped the NHS and the British Parliament, where it is apparently believed that all children belong to the state, even when their treatment options are funded by private charity. Uh, so you had further comments, MC? Oh, no, I'm I'm good. Actually, I didn't know it was uh, the, the UK that was doing that. I just kind of skimmed over it before. I thought it was the US that was preventing that. But hey, you know, I guess every, every country has its problems. Well, and, and we bring it up because this is, you know, this is the future uh, for the US, whether it's uh, Obamacare or Trumpcare or whatever uh, boondoggle that they're throwing together, right? It, it, it all ends some point down the line in single payer healthcare, uh, because for some odd reason, it seems like that's what the people want, right? They've, they've, they've pushed up. uh, I wouldn't say that's what the people want, but, um, that's what they're being sold. Um, so it's, it's always one of those things like, Oh, you know, healthcare is always in a crisis in the U S right. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's never going to be good. Um, it's always going to get worse, and the solution is always more government. Um, so, yeah, eventually it will be single payer, and and the rich people are still gonna, you know, have their separate uh, ways into, you know, healthcare. They're gonna have their own separate doctors, and and so never going to be good. It's never gonna be, you know, good for the poor. Um, so I, I guess w- when I look at it, like the the problem is easily summed up as there there are no prices currently, right? And and that's what's so bizarre about it because if there's no prices, how can you know you're getting the best deal? And and actually, you can automatically know you're not getting the best deal, and especially now because there's much less competition in the insurance market because Obamacare screwed that up. Uh, it's it's you know it's just more extreme version of that, right? Um, so, yeah, there until there's a, a system where there are prices, uh, it the prices won't come down. It'll just keep getting worse, uh, and and you're going to have to uh, expect to get less and less service. Right, and and it's part of what I was uh, what I was going to say. It seems that that's what people want. Um, because everywhere you turn, you're, you, they're, they're clamoring for single payer. And the reason everyone seems to want single payer um, is because they see how expensive healthcare is uh, currently, right? And they, they, they misattribute the rising cost of healthcare, um, you know, away from uh, uh, state regulations and state rules and laws regarding, you know, insurance and how, and how all that gets billed. And they think it's just you know you know greedy doctors or or you know greedy right. corporations. Are like oh no we, we yeah we we're just going to charge more you know and you have to pay because we can, right? They they don't they don't see the whole mechanism for what it is, um, and so when someone goes like oh no just single payer then you you don't and then everyone's covered, right? And then you don't have to pay anymore. And they go oh man I don't have to pay anymore. Well sign me up. Right, because who doesn't want things for free? Um, and even if they go like, "Well, if you just if you raise my taxes, that's fine," because I pay taxes comes out of everything else. So I'll yeah. just you know I'll, I'll so, it'll just be like so every place else. So what's sad is they they sold this thing on on you know, their excuse is is to help help the poor. Oh, what about the people who who can't afford health insurance? Well, now nobody like middle class, whatever, nobody can afford health insurance. It's like, it's insane. Cause the prices so, all went up. And so, um, basically it's this weird system where the government tells the, the corporations that 
that they have to pay for the health insurance. So, I mean, imagine, I mean, this is probably not too far off, but imagine if you could get double your salary if you don't take uh, health insurance. Um, I've actually asked for that before. Not double, but I said, can I get paid more if I waive my health insurance? They said no. (laughs) But I asked. And, tried to negotiate and the reason that. is because this weird uh, relationship between the corporations and taxes and and the government and uh, and the health insurance companies, all of it got mixed up. And so basically, you can't they can't hire anybody without giving them this expensive health insurance. Um, so the the belief is that as long as you have a job, then you're covered, right? And so. Uh, it's also why people makes, wouldn't leave jobs, right? Because they they developed a condition that was covered by their company's insurance, and if they moved jobs and had to get new insurance, it would be considered a pre-existing condition, and therefore they'd lose coverage. So they they would trap themselves uh, in unwanted jobs just to to continue to get the medical coverage that they needed. Yeah, and so it's it's really people are enslaved to the medical system i i believe anyway i i think it's disgusting i I wish there was prices on things and if you really need something you can try to raise you know if you don't have enough money try to raise money from friends family and and other people um yeah there there was a post about that on facebook you know uh, gofundme or whatever is i forget if it was a positive or negative spin on the article but gofundme shouldn't be you know the your your health insurance Right. But for a lot of people, it is, you know, like, well, here's a procedure that's not covered or here's the money I need. Um, put up the page, share it, share it around and see if you can crowdfund some treatment for yourself. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. I go like, perfect. Right. That's how, that's how charities should be done. Right. You go like, you go, you go to the charity, you go, Hey, you know, I'm in this situation. What can I do to obtain some of your services? And then if people are willing to donate and, you know, like you enough, then you get covered. So eventually I'll get to it, but I have an idea for a competitor to GoFundMe. Um, it'd be for voluntary services and stuff. Actually, it could be for anything. But um, it would be it would be instead of uh, the GoFundMe page where you, you know you could be giving money to anybody across the country. It'd be more. It would be more for only your local area, and so you could find people in your neighborhood that need help. And then if you felt like helping them, you could help them. And if they wanted money, you can give them money. Or if they just wanted something taken care of, maybe you don't have any money, but you could, you know, help them out in other ways. Um, Localhandout.org. Right. (laughs) And they could do it like Craigslist where it's like, uh, uh, like uh, hawaii.localhandout.org. Right. And you can have like a subdomain for every location. Right. I'm on board. Any type of competition to state nonsense, like I'm on board and I I want to help in, in any way that I'm able and capable of doing. So let's do this, MC. So so I guess the the, the issue is we either need to find a web developer or uh, hire one or go to school and learn how to do it because I, I, I can make a basic web page, but um, yeah, I guess uh, if you know how to make a GoFundMe web page call us up <laughs> okay well, well we'll talk about this when we wrap the show but i i do have web developer friends i don't know i don't know uh, how skilled they are as far as like can they do a gofundme page um but i do know that everyone in our network of people who like need a website built um go to these guys first so nice uh, i will put you in contact with them um or let them, or I'll contact them, and and we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's for off the air. So, any anything else on the on the healthcare thing? Oh no! How much time do we have? I haven't been keeping track. I don't know. As long as we want, man. This is a podcast. Okay. I will say, <laughs> we we can run long and edit it down. And for people listening to last week's show, you have no idea what you missed. Now, raping avocados for those who saw the show title. Uh, <laughs> Right. No, I, I know. I, I was going to say something. Like I know, uh, before you got into the healthcare, you were talking about the, you know the gun laws in Britain or whatever, um, as far as you know safety is concerned, um, and it, it reminded me of like, 
in at one point I read a statistic or whatever that, you know, because of all the gun bans in Britain, like knife crimes went up. Right. So rather than yeah. shooting people yeah. over there. Well, ni- knife and blunt objects. Okay. And I remember like, you know, the, the best rebuttal to that came from my dad when I mentioned that statistic and he said, well, at least you can outrun a knife, right? You can outrun a knife better than you can outrun a bullet. And I go, why? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true, but, but why should you have to run at all, right? Like why is, you know, running away might be the most prudent thing to do, right? But, you know, I've, I've never been a man of prudence, right? I've been a man of yeah. principle. And I, yeah, I if somebody not, if somebody tries to stab you with a knife, you should shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> or if someone if someone tries to shoot you with a gun, right? You know, like the, the knife crimes went up because the guns were banned. You should shoot them. Yeah, you should shoot them too. You should shoot people that are trying to hurt people. <laughs> and I wondered, uh, I, I, one other thing that I was thinking of, like I wonder, I wonder how, I wonder how legal disclaimers work, like in effect, right? Because if, if what if I put on my front door. Right. Any unwanted uh, guests or trespassers, uh, regardless of occupation or, you know, or or reason to be here. Right. Will be shot on site. Uh, if you have a valid warrant, you know, present it first uh, and, and we'll talk peacefully and just have that like on the door somewhere, maybe in fine print. Right. That way, if they ever do come in and bust through with a no knock raid, uh, that no knock raid violates the terms of service of entering your house right like posted terms of service you know by by busting through this door you've agreed you know to to do whatever and and see how that would fold see how that would unfold uh if you ever got into an altercation with a police officer uh you know doing doing a raid or a no-knock raid um and then you just putting them down like you know like the animal that he is and, and the, the NAP violator that he is. Anything else? I don't know. That's about it. All right. We can do, we could do one more article or we could wrap it a little bit early. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Um, I will say this in, in final closing, I guess then um, I didn't post it as show prep, but there was a debate uh, uh, either last week or the week before that I just recently watched. I had time to watch it. So I watched it. Uh, between Larkin Rose and Chase Rachels on the uh, topic of borders, uh, open or closed borders in in uh, in present day United States, um, it's it's worth a watch. So MC, if you haven't watched it, you know if you've got like I think it was like an hour and forty five minute debate. Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, it may, it might not be like the best representation from each side. Um, but you know, I, I I watched it and it was it was an interesting, it was it was an interesting listen from the pro border side um, on how closed border people rationalize uh, the advocation of closing the borders because um, uh, 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 aside from private borders, right? Like there was an agreement ahead of time that both open and closed borders. We're not talking about uh, private property owned borders. Um, we're talking about like the borders of the nation state um, and surrounding area. And I've, I've been uh, open borders from the beginning. Um, and Larkin Rose took, the, took that position. And I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, and not just with his presentation as to why that's the correct position from the libertarian perspective. Um, but that the, the Chase Rachels, despite, you know, sounding intelligent, um, wasn't really able to, to give, wasn't really clear to me as to how would he would solve that problem uh, absent the, the state, uh, as, as Larkin Rose was asking. So definitely uh, give that a listen if you've got some time on your hands. Um, and then, you know, see, see where you still fall uh, on that issue. Because to me, it should be a non-issue. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, no offense to anybody who's not one, right? But there's a whole bunch of like closet racists uh, in the libertarian movement that have like found their issue to, to fu- you know, to fund a state, <laughs> right? And they're like, and then they're, they're just hammering that home. It's like, no, you know, no, no, this is completely within libertarian principles to keep out Mexicans, Muslims, and Jews. Like that's, I don't, right. I don't see how, I don't, I don't see how you don't see it. And I go, well. <laughs> All of a sudden, we switched. You know, I, I, how did that happen? Uh, the uh, the yeah. alt right cometh. 
<laughs> All right. Final thoughts, oh, MC. Man. That'll do it for me. I, I, I actually, I just want to say, I, I avoided that one. The um, debate. I'm, I'm on, I'm on Lark, Lark and Rose's side anyway. Um, to me, it's obvious. <laughs> um, you would think. You would think. And, and yeah, like you said, it, I think it all eventually comes down to like you have some preconceived idea of what people on a different side of an imaginary line are going to be like and so therefore you have to protect yourself against them um and i just think that silly i mean maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm actually i mean most of the mexican people i've met you know really cool like um i'm not talking about the the uh what do you call it the 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 gangs and the the the, uh, the cartel smugglers, the okay. cartels i'm not i'm sure those that. guys are cool too maybe they are maybe they're not i i mean i don't know i i just i don't have any experience with that right i think very few people to do um i like their and, entrepreneurial uh, spirit and their service to the marketplace <laughs> but they're in an unfortunate industry where certain risks have to be c- taken because of governmental controls uh, yeah, and, but, and because of that, it becomes more violent than it would be otherwise. Yeah. And they're the but, ones but the willing to is, take that risk. The, they're, they're not just, just willing to be violent, but, um, but the, the thing is, like I said earlier, you know, for the most part, it's, it's pretty easy to avoid them. And I, you know, I don't really have any, uh, interaction with them. And so, uh, until you, know, you go to Mexico the, for treatment. Well, yeah, the people that I do have interactions with um seem to be good people and i i don't i don't i don't see how preventing people from moving from one location to another is is a valid thing to do i just like what's what good could come of it and um they're going to infiltrate your culture and turn the state against you mc well the state's already against me so bring it on (laughs) Like you're um, white MC, like you know what what happens when a whole bunch of of Muslims come in and vote in Sharia law and convert you to Islam? Well, the same thing we do now is just you know get rid of the government. So you would think it'd be that obvious. Like I said, not not to the neo libertarians or what did I what I gave them a new title the the alt libertarian I forget what I called them I gave them some title like uh, some odd episodes ago. Um, to describe this this new pragmatic branch of libertarianism, uh, and maybe we'll hold this article for next week. Then uh, the anarcho capitalist a threat within the libertarian movement because that was kind of where I fell on on that issue. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how much show prep I but do. Maybe we'll get that. But Go ahead. it is but bizarre that that uh, the the I guess an, enough people uh, agree on this one issue that that they have to have an excuse to to keep the state or something i don't know and that's that's the that's the weird thing about it like like what what do they really want do they do they want the state or do they not want the state it's not even clear you know oh but but we they have to unite on this border issue which is just just i don't know it's weird to me i don't i I don't understand it i don't really want to (laughs) okay i i i think i once described it as uh the yeah but position Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. We need to end the state, but you know, and then they give their reason for keeping the state around, and but everyone I, has I one. I don't think they really care about the state so much. Their issue is like, like you pointed out earlier, is like the racism issue. Yeah. It's, so it's almost like, okay, we'll get rid of the state, but I still want to be a racist. Like, right. Which what? is fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> which is which is fine. Right. I'm cool with that. But then you go like, well, what's the practical application of racism, right? It's like, well, we need a state to keep them out, right? So I, I'm cool with your anarchy. Yeah, yay, anarchy. Uh, but here's the one issue where we need the state to function, right? And the, the, the problem, my, my overall problem with society, right, is that everyone has their one pet issue where, yeah, they'd be okay, you know, reducing, uh, reducing, uh, the budgets and cutting programs and doing all this, but there's that one issue where we we really need the state, and so but you have I this amalgamation of people all with their I one the issue only, growing the state. The only reason 
they're they're uh, solidifying around this one border issue is because all their friends are doing it, not because of any other real reason. It's 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 almost like you think it's peer pressure. It's it's kind of like um, they're afraid of maybe losing their identity. Like this is this is our country, right? And they don't want to lose that 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 family you know feel good feeling of you know this is ours and this is theirs. Yeah, but before like, it was getting invaded by Muslims and Mexican refugees, it was you know fuck the USA. Who needs that shit? Anarchy. I was all about that. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe. Uh, like I said, fear is is a is a way to motivate people, and I think I think it got to them. I think enough. I think all the alt right people saying, you know, you got to be afraid of people coming into the country, and and so they, I don't know. That's that's what I think. I think like so many people sprung up around that issue and made it and made it an issue because to me it really wasn't an issue before. It, it just wasn't that big of a deal, and then uh, the Republican. In, in, a, in a te- an attempt to strengthen their base, kept pushing that on, in the media, and then and that's why Trump happened because they accidentally created this this uh, this racist sort of border narrative. And yeah, then, and, and then and then Trump seized seized that, um, which is fine. But it's it for me. It's the libertarians and the anarchists who fell for it who should know better. They should, but that's what I'm saying. Like, why? I think the reason why they're falling for it is more important than the, the message they're trying to, like, nonsensically, uh, you know, sell us. <laughs> and the reason is that they're closet racists. I mean, the, yeah, the, but, does it? But, why are they closet I, I racists? I guess, but no, but why? Uh, so I mean, that that's it, though. I guess uh, I don't really know. But well, what is your proposition as to the the real reason why they're getting behind it then? Like, what do you think? I, I think it's a little bit more innocent. I think it's because they want the uh, to be able to identify as as you know the Americans that stand for freedom and and uh, they they want that um, uh, community feeling, you know, like uh, and for some reason they they they. I mean, you 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 have to. I guess you have to separate people from yourself to feel superior to them i guess i don't know okay i i i, so I, I accept I that because i go i'm I an anarchist and i'm superior to status i don't think it's so much maybe against individuals in those countries but it's like they feel like they they won't be strong if if they don't have this cohesion in the united states i don't know maybe i'm wrong Maybe okay. maybe it's just a culture thing. They're, they're worried about the, the the Muslims changing their culture or something. I don't know. A topic to expand it on another day, perhaps. Final thoughts? Uh, nope. All right. Let's wrap it then. And then if that comes up in another article, we will delve into that earlier so we have more time to expound upon it. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, uh, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. If you want to get in on a discussion and post some show prep, maybe on borders, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, we do that in the groups, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. And if you want to donate to the show, because my gosh, me and MC sound so fantastic when we talk and discuss things. That it's like, man, we just want to give those guys some money. We do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.